Third and long podcast listeners, welcome into week five. Already week five. The over halfway point in the season. Yeah. I wasn't sure we were going to last this long. Amazing. We're here still. Um, the sponsors haven't dumped us yet. They have not. They're, they're not trickling in either, though. No, so. that's true. <laughs> 4-0. 4-0. We talked about this. Yeah. First time since 2012. What a special time. I, I mean, 2012 was a long time ago. Uh, so this is obviously pre-me coming to Tipton. So in my time at Tipton, this is this is as good as I've seen football in this town. And it's so much fun to see not just what the players you know get to experience and the hard work they put in, but the fans, the crowd, the town has really gotten behind this team. It's just it's fun to have a winning football team and to be doing well. I was super bummed. I... Uh... I think I told you I had to go to Columbia, Missouri, watch yep. my nephew play Kansas yep. State, Missouri game. So I got the privilege of going to that. We'll talk about that later. But um, I was not there, but I was doing the listen and watch on the YouTube channel, uh, which if you haven't done, is pretty phenomenal. I oh, that's so my, my, I had my parents here this week and we actually rewatched the game on my TV. And you're wow. right, that, that huddle cam. That's as clear as it gets. It's like sitting up by the press box. Is what I, it is. I'm not telling people to not come to the game, but if you can't make it, <laughs> that's a great way to watch these football games. I believe this week Comanche has something similar, so we might be able to do that if mm-hmm. the folks that can't go to the, the game this weekend. But um, I was watching it and listening it. They've got to figure out a way to combine those two so I don't have to have two different gadgets going to, to do that. But um, listen to Brad Buckwalt and uh, obviously did the, the YouTube oh version of it and watched it you bet. it was a little off so i was kind of <laughs> trying to figure out both but you know it was a it was a weird first half they went down drove the field length of the field you were there it felt like they were going to punch it in and and we had a huge fourth down stop um, mm-hmm. i think it was on the three yard line ironically we are starting to uh, really perfect that script because we did it against Vinton shellsburg and then we did it against mount pleasant and then we, now we did it um against west liberty on friday night where it was that, that opening drive, bend but don't break, where I sat there and watched that drive. I was like, oh, no. They can move the ball on us. This guy's a good passer. Uh, number five was a heck of a receiver. And he kept getting position on us. And I'm like, oh, we, we can't stop these guys. It's the same thought that I had the last two weeks. And I'll tell you, our defense bucks up inside the, the 20 yard. What does that sound like? Is it Norm Parker? It sounds Back like when Norm, you a bend but don't break defense. The old Norm Parker did that. You're 100% right because it's all they do is they, they limit the big plays and they let underneath stuff go. And then when you start to shorten the field a little bit, there's less room to work for the offense. We're really hard to score on. So I got too excited. I wanted to dive into the game. Right. Um, but we've got to talk about some stuff. Um, coming out this week, the Gazette poll, we have votes. No, As of, with the votes, we are 12th in 2A. So how, how long has that been? Do we have that stat? Well, we've been we were ranked that 2019 season. Okay, uh, where we went to uh, sub or one game away from sub state. That was that was a three no start. Was that that season? Was yeah, that I'd have to look back on okay. the actual record, but we were okay. ranked at some point during that season. Okay, um, varsity bound actually has us as seventh overall in two A in their power index. I, that looks at a variety of different things. Um, there's only one. There's only we're one of five teams that is in two A that's still undefeated. Still so that undefeated. tells you no matter who you're playing, um, it is tough to win like that and uh, win all your games. It, absolutely, and when you see some likes of Van Meter and stuff like that, I know that they're one of the other four and O teams up there in two A, and it's just 
like I said, we're getting a little bit of recognition, a little bit of notoriety coming our yeah. way. No, it's super exciting. The big thing for me is we're one and zero in the district for the first time uh, in the last at least three years. Tall Nord, that's his coach Nord. That's his first uh, district victory, which is which is pretty awesome. Heck yeah. Um, we've got uh, the only caveat to all that is our opponent record is now one and nine. So. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> right. we have the lowest strength of schedule in the state. Right. Uh, I, I mean, we're so obviously schedule makers. Good job, Coach or Matt Nerum, yeah. for putting that together. But it is going to, you know, potentially ramp up a little bit it, more here. It should get progressively harder here. Which, uh, again, it, it's better to have the hard now than early on. I think we've we know who we are now. We know where our strengths sit, and so you know, now's the time the competition should come to play. Yeah. And you know Comanche, um, I have to look. I believe they're 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 only one and three, but they right. they did beat Northeast, beat up on them last week. Um, I've been watching some tape. They played some bigger schools. They played uh, they played Dubuque Wallert at Loris College up on the yeah. turf. Um, they played Wilton, so that was a tough game for them. Um, and then yeah. obviously just beating Northeast as well. So. And it wasn't like a thirty nine to six game. Like, no, they, yeah, they they put it up on Northeast. Yeah, we're gonna go into them a little bit later, but. Obviously, super exciting times for Tipton. Um, I mean, absolutely, they got to be living living high in high school and, and enjoying life. Walking into high school with your four and zero record, and I tell you what, if they can get to that five and zero, it'll be the first time since two thousand seven season. Um, that that I remember that season because I was actually coaching Tipton at that time. Really, way back. I was going to ask you when the five and zero team was. Okay. Yeah, so they they were five. They actually started off six and zero. The 07 team did finish really? nine and one with an asterisk because we technically beat Solon. The refs kind of screwed it up at the end. Really, we save that for another day. But um, it came down to a pass play. We scored a touchdown with a minute left. And so thought, we're talking, we won the game. We're talking in the first round of the playoffs here? No, so this was in the season to go undefeated in the regular oh, season. Okay. And uh, thought we won the game. I mean, we had the field goal unit going out or the extra point unit going out. Oh, and the ref man. threw a flag out and said that we, we crossed the line. So oh. we obviously went back, looked at tape, and he threw it right at the line, which is a legal play. Um, would have beat the, the James Morris. That was the start of their destiny. No the way. Dynasty team. I was, um, was going to say. Colin Sleeper. So. Your whole body has to be across the line. It was, and it was not. But oh, um, it was on the Solon sidelines where it happened, and so they got the benefit of the doubt. Seems fishy. <laughs> went on to uh, win state that year. But Seems fishy. That was the last time uh, that we went 5-0. and wow. And uh, okay. if, we're, if we're on par with that team, um, we're going to be up in the top five teams of wow. history. So that, that's pretty exciting to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, very exciting things. Um, just a couple little tidbits for two A leaders. Landon is 18th in two A overall in rushing yards with 366 yards. He's 14th in touchdowns with five. Ian Spangler's right behind him in rushing yards. I think he was like 24th in two A in rushing. Obviously, all the stats haven't. You know, some of these teams don't put all their stats in. This is what's sure. showing. Um, Ian's actually six in yards per carry in the whole two uh, A. Um, with 7.5 yards really? per carry, so I have okay. a quarterback that's that's averaging 7.5 yards. Is, well, that's is hard phenomenal. to beat. That's hard to beat. So Griffin's still 14, or excuse me, Griffin's not still. He's 14th in yards with 270 yards. Um, he's second in touchdown catches at five. Okay. Remember that magic? Oh yeah. School record is 10. It is still 10. We're we're on the uh, we're there. on the Dustin Moore watch. <laughs> I know. He's yeah. He's <laughs> he's checking that out. He, he knows all about it. So. 
Hopefully Griffin uh, continues that streak of getting touchdowns each game. Absolutely. Um, and he's still tied for the most kickoff return for touchdowns from the opening game with two. Oh. Still tied. So oh. well, tells you how, how well, let's big get that, that done. Was. Well, it, it also tells you that other teams are watching film and they're not kicking to him like they used to, <laughs> which makes sense. I wouldn't either. So I got to look. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, Preston leads the team with four interceptions. Yep. He's tied for first in 2A. Correct. With interceptions. He is fourth in all classes. So oh, really? From I, didn't, I, didn't look all, to, I didn't look at all classes. All the way up to 4A. He, has, oh, he is man. fourth overall for the most interceptions. So four is a phenomenal number. Um, I would say six is probably maybe the record. Six or seven interceptions. Uh, maybe Cody Kelly, someone like that, is who I – it's okay. ringing a bell. But I'll have to go up there and take a peek at that. Is it, is it Central Lee? I think the guy that he's tied with from Central Lee. And yeah, they just keep matching each other every week. They keep yep. being tied for number one in the state in two-way. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, just from watching it, um, I know Northeast likes to pass a little bit. Um, Comanche, um, who I just watched some tape on, likes to pass. Okay. So we're going to see a little bit of the same stuff that we saw this past week where we gave up. I haven't seen any stats. I actually... I've been looking. Varsity Bound doesn't have it. Our paper didn't have it. Uh, West Liberty paper doesn't West have Liberty it. Liberty paper didn't have it. Um, <laughs> there's nothing out there for stats from West Liberty. The West uh, Liberty coaching staff has not uploaded the stats from that game. I based don't, on I don't my, know if that's intentional or not. This is not official, but based on my <laughs> ears and eyes and my while I was driving, I would have to say we gave up the most passing yards in Diedrichson Field history. Based off of what I heard and saw. Because it, it just it was, felt like we were giving up chunks and chunks of passing yards. it's absolutely how they move the ball so if uh, i'm excited to see when the stats do come up because there couldn't be a lot of rushing yards no us absolutely not. um but it, it goes back to what i said earlier in our bend but don't break defense we're allowing a lot of underneath five to 15 yard routes and we're really preventing against the big play um that catastrophic play when you shorten the field those routes go away and so those those underneath routes go away so um you expect it to happen, but at the same time, it happened too much. I mean, we're we're putting our defense, we're putting a lot of stress on our defense, pinning them back all defense inside the five, and having to do goal line stands inside the five. Um, you can't you can't survive on those forever. So I would like to see us play a lot more three and outs, maybe underneath some underneath route stuff, and I'll kind of get into where I probably would would move and and push Jason Johnson around a little bit to to get him more involved in the game and more on the blitz side. There's two names that I just can't get out of my ear. Um, Jace McHugh yep. and Seth Axum. If I hear those two names anymore, <laughs> um, I just kept hearing it. it well, was those two guys that just, they, yeah. they were they were catching it, they were moving the ball. But to our defensive credit, just as we talked about, we got timely turnovers, mm-hmm. two in the red zone. Mm-hmm. We've got two fumble recoveries, which are huge, four total uh, turnovers. That is what an opportune defense does. Is they they take Absolutely. what's given to them. Um, obviously, that was the first time we faced a team that actually can throw the ball a little bit. And I think it caught us a little bit off guard in the first half. I think they were able to move the ball. They only got three points Absolutely. in the first half, so it wasn't like they were. But they, they were crushing the us. But I, they again, it, the it did not show up on the scoreboard. But their yards. I mean, it, there were some red flags there moving yeah. forward for us. If I was a, a coach that was watching tape of us. I definitely, if I'm Comanche, I'm thinking there's some opportunities for us. I'm looking at underneath routes all day if I'm Comanche. And I I think that, you know, Coach Ormsby on our our DC knows that. Coach Matt Bolger knows that. 
Uh, Coach Nord knows that. And I, I think we're going to see a couple different looks this week. But you're, you're right. Those two guys, they had, they had a very mobile quarterback who could get out of the pocket. So, make Ryan Dangler, that, I mean, he's a junior. We're going to face him again next mm-hmm. year. From what I could see, you were at the game, so you have a better viewpoint than I did. Right. That kid's got to be tired because he was running for his life, oh, yeah. throwing on the run. He got sacked multiple, multiple times. But he was either getting sacked or completing a pass. Those are the two things mm-hmm. I saw. I, I will say our defensive line did their job. Our ends did their yes. job. Um, we put pressure on him. He made really good pressure throws. And uh, the number five, I can't remember which one that was, made a majority of their catches. Um, it, he was a good wide receiver. He's tall. He knew body positioning. He got he positioned himself really, really well. Um, I, I know that we tried to put Zach Benz in at cornerback a couple times, and Zach has not played corner yet this year, uh, just to match height. Because Zach's 6'5", I think this guy was 6'3", or 6'4", and he was going up and catching balls. Um, against our shorter corner. So we, we put Zach in. Zach did a good job for not knowing the position and never playing the position before. Um, but like I said, I think I think schematically we can do some things um, to get Johnson involved, Jason Johnson involved a little bit more. Some corner blitzes where we roll our safeties over a little bit, give them some weird looks. Um, sometimes I, I liken a lot of stuff back to basketball, right? When you're, when you're 0 for 10 from three-point land, how nice it is to maybe see a free throw go in. And some, mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to see the ball go in the hoop. I think what Jason needed needed on Friday night was to honestly hit a couple people and make a couple plays. I would have liked to see him blitz a little bit. I know corner blitzes aren't really our thing, but send him off the corner and roll our safeties over the top uh, to, cover his, uh, to cover his man. I think would have gotten him involved a little bit, let him hit a couple people uh, and feel good about you, it. You mentioned Zach Benz um, going in the corner. With two minutes left in the in the half, he made perhaps one of the play of the game with the interception. Interception in the end zone, zone which <laughs> was huge because they would that was gonna if they would have completed that it would have been a ten potentially a 10-7 game going in halftime. Yeah. It totally changes the whole absolutely uh, momentum to that game. And, what, and, and, and I, I, you know, Zach's been waiting for that touchdown catch, and so I'm like, well, you made a catch in the end zone. <laughs> it's not ours. <laughs> True. So yeah, seven three halftime score. Um, obviously, we had the big play to. To Naderman, uh, fifty-four yard touchdown pass. Um, seemed like we were we were stalling out the first three drives. We kind of right. went the three and out and just couldn't quite get the ball moving. But like right. I said, that we knew that's how the game was going to go. It was not going to be a, a high pace or high scoring game, and it turned out to be that. But obviously, the second half we and felt like we had a little bit more momentum. So we had momentum, and, and some turnovers. Always seems always shocks me that they don't. That opposing teams are not putting someone over the top with Griffin, and he <laughs> finds a way to get behind um, be, behind our se- the secondary. Uh, I think one thing that maybe you, I don't know if you could see it on on YouTube or not, but the game was a chippy game. Yeah, there was a lot of emotion in that game. Um, I know that everyone I was talking to sitting by. This is a team we're going to see a lot of over the next couple of years. I watched the game on Monday night, the JV game on Monday night. That was just as chippy. The seventh and eighth grade game was a little chippy. <laughs> so this, I don't think there's a lot of like love lost between Tipton and West Liberty, and um, you know, plenty of personal foul penalties. Um, we had a couple untimely ones. Uh, so did they. West Liberty had some untimely personal. I, they kept us in drives sometimes. I talked to uh, a parent from West Liberty, and I think they they thought that the turnovers and the missed opportunities is what lost them that game. Obviously. <laughs> Uh, they had two red zone turnovers. That's that's huge. You yep. got to score something. They had a field goal kicker that could kick. Yeah. Had a missed field goal attempt. I think it was a low snap. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. 
right before half, in fact. Yes. So that, that's another momentum swing. And then obviously that first drive, you, you get down to the three-yard line and, and get, get stopped on the three-yard line. So for them, they're seeing those as points that were taken away from them. For the third week in a row, I feel like it's a demoralizing thing for the opponent on the opening drive. Yeah. Things are going so well, so well, so well, and the walk away with nothing. Um, yeah, it, like I said, I, I think it's going to be a great um, rivalry for many years to come. Uh, Tipton and West Liberty, like I said, these teams don't really like each other, but we're also fairly evenly matched. So we're going to see some really good football games coming up. One nice thing is I was there on Tuesday. Their current field that they're playing at is by far the worst field in, in <laughs> the district and maybe the area. Yep. But they did uh, raise funds um, to build a brand new stadium, and it's coming along nicely. They have field turf. It's right up by their high school. It it's going to be a phenomenal it's, little it's, complex once it's finished. Again, I, I only saw it from the parking lot. Um, there's forklifts and stuff going around on it when I saw it, but, man, it looks really nice. Yep. So from a, uh, from a game standpoint, when you can get four turnovers in a game, that's a big positive. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. that is, I think we have to take away that we have to take advantage of those. And, and we obviously did when, when we needed to, we controlled this game on the ground, um, passing wise. Um, I wasn't there, so I wasn't able to kind of see all the angles that I usually look for with, with the passing and right. protection and who's open and are we hitting them from a passing game. But I can tell you, um, you know, Ian, um, uh, from a passing standpoint, was five from five for eleven for ninety yards. So nothing that you're going to write home about. You take away that fifty-four yarder from Naderman. Right. We only threw for thirty-six yards total after that. And Absolutely. Those are the big plays we're getting. We've got to sustain these drives a little bit more. We got to get right. the more of the quick passes, the the maybe bubble screens, the screen passes. Um, I, I think moving forward, we're going to have to be able to move the ball outside of just Ian running and Landon running. Right. Uh, because teams are going to start, and it's going to start this week. Comanche is going to load the box with eight guys. Um, from the tapes I've watched, sure. um, they're bringing, they run a three-four defense, which we'll get into, and they're basically running man with with their one safety and, and two corners, which could be great for us, but we're not going to be able to run the ball as effective Absolutely. with eight people in the box. So we're going to have to make those those short intermediate throws. Um, Got to be accurate. And, and I think we will. I again, a lot of this comes down to offensive line too. So. We have confidence in Ian throwing the ball. Again, he's a second-year starter, obviously taking over Aiden Boston um, this year now. But it, we know he can throw the ball. We've seen him throw the ball. He does make throws when he has to make throws. Yep. Uh, he's just got such good legs that it's pretty easy for him to tuck it and run, which I understand. I get. But, yeah, what do we have? We have 39 rushes. 39 um, rushes for 212 yards, 5.4 yards per carry average that's phenomenal we'll take yeah. that all day long and, and quite frankly that's that's what controlled the clock in the game um landon rushed for 21 carries 117 yards ian had 18 rushes 92 yards that's mm -hmm. that's high effective running uh, I, I, it's great. and again this is the third game in a row now that landon's had over 20 touches in the rushing game and i was so happy to see that from the our very first game of Eliza Musk team, where we had 10. I get we didn't play a full game there either because we let reserves go, but it, it kind of was a, you know, Landon's a workhorse. And so it's kind of a, you know, don't put baby in the corner. Let's give him the ball, right? And so and we've given him the ball. He's proven durable. He's proven worthy of, of getting 20-plus touches a game. I don't mind him getting 20 to 25. You, you hate to see Ian carry 18 times. Again, when you because it – at the quarterback position, I get that we're not playing on defense, but that's still a lot of hits. You don't want your quarterback taken. 
And so I would love to see Ian get rid of the ball a little bit more. Because some of those, a lot of those 18 rushers were not all designed. Some were, obviously. We have a really nice counter play. What's a design quarterback run that we, that we have that got a lot of yards on Friday night. But realistically, you can bet that probably eight of those were pass downs that broke down. Yeah. And Ian tucked and ran. And, yeah, we've got, again, we've got Zach. Zach, you have Preston, you have Naderman, who I wouldn't even mind seeing him touch the ball a little bit in the backfield. Like you said, get the ball in the heart. Or like, or like you said, a bubble screen. Yeah. Oh my God, get him with a, out in space with a couple blockers in yeah. front of him. He could do some damage. So That could be exciting. So those are some wrinkles, I think. We, we've got some people who can catch the ball yeah. underneath, on the, on the edges. Um, but And we'll have to do that this week, and I think you're, you're going to see it. When you're 4-0... It's tough to find stuff to complain about. Just, We're just looking for things. Uh, <laughs> when, we're, when we win 21 to 11, which is the final score, right? 11, yes. Why is 11? Yes. Where did they get 11 at? Uh, I want to say it was a field, field goal. goal. Oh, and then they got a touchdown, two point conversion. Yep. Uh, that's an odd score. But um, 21 to 11, beating our, our you know closest rival right now in our district. Absolutely. The team that's beat us for the last five years. Yep. To start off one and zero, they knew that they wanted that really bad. Oh, we basically took great. it from them, and uh, I think they had a little bit of swagger that got taken away from um, West Liberty. And, Couldn't agree more. And uh, that's just a phenomenal win for us um, coming into our first right. district game, and now it kind of sets us up because we only got six district games, um, quite frankly five. But right, um, those are huge wins for tiebreakers. Absolutely, um, we're, we're big West Liberty fans now. Exactly, you want them to go run the table. Because they've got to win at least one more game than us to, to yeah. any sort of tiebreaker. So, um, yeah. So, do you feel comfortable enough picking a player of the game since you weren't there? Uh, based off, I really like I really like when people get interceptions and fumble recoveries. And so, Preston Daylow did both. Preston, he got, he got an game. interception. He got a fumble recovery. Um, I believe in the paper, Coach Nord's even on quote saying he's kind of an unsung hero for us. Yep. So I'm going to stick with, with Preston Dalo um, again. Um, also give a shout out, Max and Fogg got a fumble recovery. Um, so Max had an all-around good game. Nice. And uh, we haven't talked about it, but where there was an injury, a big one, a starter on their defensive backside. Yeah, Jacob Barton, um, I believe in the end, dislocated his elbow. Um, and that took, I want to say it took surgery to, to repair or pop back in or something. So, um, so he will be done, I would assume, for the season now. Yeah, those, um, those are tough injuries. I hope to get him back for basketball. Great athlete. Just yeah. a fantastic athlete. So, um, yeah. But, and on the injury front, too, by the way, uh, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. And Aiden Boston had his ACL repair surgery this morning at 9.30. I did talk with his dad. Everything Exclusive here, man. Every, Third long podcast. Everything, I guess, went went great. And so um, I know the Boston family is happy with the recovery. Um, his, his ACL was fully ruptured, uh, fully torn. Uh, they repaired the meniscus. And so he did have a meniscus injury. He had a meniscus and we'll injury a and, time to the and, and tightened up his LCL. Hmm. Well, uh, again, I'm no doctor. I don't know what all these are, but again, when you start talking about the ligaments and tendons inside the knee, once one goes, it puts a lot of stress on the other ones, and they tend yeah. to stretch out a little bit. So Aiden is is in recovery. Um, uh, and he's got a, he's got a tough 
six to eight month recovery, it, it sucks. But what you realize is you put a lot of focus on that knee and it becomes stronger than it was before because you're doing a lot of things with that. And I, I just had this feeling we're not going to see Aiden on the field next year without a knee brace on because he's not going to let this happen again. I don't think. He's having one of those offensive so. line braces on. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I don't need him running. I just need him making those, those beautiful passes. Um, my player of the game, and I think this came from being there and watching the stuff that he did away from the ball um, and then his flying to the ball. Aiden Graves had a fantastic game on defense. Nice. Intended to show up at every big play, every big fourth down. Um, Aiden Graves was around the ball, made a, one really, really important sack um, that, that stopped the drive uh, for West Liberty. So Aiden Graves, who's really played well all year on defense, I, I thought just had a phenomenal game Friday night. One last note on the West Liberty game. I was not there, but I was told there was a funny moment. Uh, Coach Nord was fired up, I believe. Coach Nord was fired up. He, what was he so fired up about? He was, he was uh, we, we wanted a grounding call. Okay. And because it was obviously grounding. And uh, Coach Nord really wanted to make sure we got uh, he got the ref's attention on that call. The ref saw him and then told him to be quiet and stand there and not move. So Coach Nord stood like a statue at the line of scrimmage, pointing, mocking the, the ref. Well, pointing to the fact that the ball didn't even come close to crossing the line of scrimmage. So I mean, not only was he like not outside the tackle box, but the ball never made it past the line of scrimmage. Gotcha. Anyway, not only not towards a, a receiver. So it was kind of funny. He was yeah, hands at his side, pointing right right at the ground, and wouldn't say anything. We're so. not going to interview him this week, but let's put that <laughs> in our rolodex of questions. I'd like to get his viewpoint on on why. I, I, I'm what the ref sure said to him. Coach Nord did not have much of a voice in the second half. He he was he was fired up. Good. We're all fired up. It was, it was a good game. We're all fired up. Yep. And those <laughs> those rivalry games like that, it gets everyone up a notch, yeah. and it just seems like those close calls um, it, it rouses everyone up. So absolutely, it was fun. Very good. Well, let's move on uh, here and talk about Comanche. All right, Clint. So let's jump into Comanche. They're no longer the Indians. Mm, not the Indians anymore. They are the Storm. The Comanche Storm. Which is, I think, a little lame. I, I'm not a fan either. What's your mascot? <laughs> is there a lot, what is their mascot? A lightning bolt? Or what? I, that, that's what I've seen. A cloud like, or something? It looks, like, it looks like a lightning bolt coming out of the R in Storm. At least they're yeah. not a bird and calling themselves a tornado. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. Like, <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that. That's that is bad. The worst. That's bad. But the Comanche Storm, uh, we've got some revenge to these guys because, if you remember, 2019, for us to go to Substate, take on West Liberty, they beat us. And it was a close, mm. tight game up there in Comanche. Okay. We played a really good game. Um, yeah. It, the Elijah kid was quarterback. Yes, that was And we just we, we got up on them, we took the lead, and then they came back. I think a kickoff return for it. Something happened big, and... Didn't it rain the first game. half of that yeah. game? and then Yeah, okay, I remember that game. So, there's, on top of being this the last couple of years, they beat right. us pretty good last year. I think it was a 38-7 to seven score. But yep. um, we, we've got some revenge factor, just like West Liberty. This, this is a game that I think our guys are not going to quickly forget. And right. it, it's we control our, kind of our own destiny here. If we, if we want to keep winning like this, we, we are going to the playoffs this year. And right. it starts with this week. Obviously, we're back on the road. We showed we can win on the road, which is phenomenal. That's tough to do in Absolutely. any environment. Um, but 
Comanche is it's a little bit of a haul. It's about an hour drive just outside of uh, it'll, Clinton. It'll be harder to get a big crowd there, but look how well we traveled to Vinton Shellsburg. And yeah. so I was, I, I, I'm still expecting the Tipton faithful to show up That'd Friday night. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be. I, I haven't seen the forecast. I know Saturday there's some chance for rain, but I think Friday we're still going to get this good good phenomenal that. weather. So hopefully Friday that, that continues on with it. Um, I was able to look at a little bit of tape. Um, this is a team. The record's a little bit. Um, I guess it'd be something that it shows them at one and three. Mm-hmm. But they played some tough opponents. They played, uh, as I said, they played at at Morris College. They played Dubuque Waller. Yep. Or Hempstead or Waller. I think it's Waller. Waller. It was Waller. And they uh, they also played Wilton. And then obviously just now Northeast they they beat uh, yep. beat up pretty good, which is uh, very favorable for us if if we can take care of these guys um, because that's our next opponent as well. So. That's a good point. And their other game was Albernet, and they lost by Albert, only a yeah. touchdown against Albernet. And Albernet's a good, smaller, good school. Yeah, pretty good school as well. Um, so, in fact, my best friend from high school, Coach South Hardman, they they beat Albernet uh, kind of on a last second play on Friday night. Hmm. Uh, and I actually talked with him a little bit about Albernet hits. They hit hard. So, uh, we are going to see a good Comanche team tomorrow night. Um, you know, we can talk about their size we can talk about the fact that they throw the ball and throw the ball around to a lot of different people um i look at their receiving stats there's there's four there's four guys that they like they've got one main target so what they love to do they'll sit in either a pistol or a shotgun set they'll put their running back number 22 mark sanders um he's granted these a lot of these players they're good players are all seniors as we know that, that. that makes a big difference their senior, um, they love it to just run it right up the gut. They'll hand it off to him, and he can't. We've we've seen this all year. They just kind of find their little way, try to get the three or four yards. They're not trying to hit home runs with their with the run game. Um, and and he's got 53 carries, 356 yards for three touchdowns. Very similar, quite frankly, to Landon. He's he's a very yeah. similar stats. Um, kind of has that same rugged style of running. Bigger kid. Um, but what they really want to do is they want to throw the ball. And they have three receiver sets. Um, they do a variety of different formations. They're going to run guys in motion. They do bubble screens. The quarterback, after his drop, when he hits his drop, he's looking. Wherever he's looking to throw, that's where he's going to go. He wants to throw it deep. That's his number. Like He sure. loves to throw the deep ball, which is going to give us plenty of opportunities for interceptions. Which yeah, I, we've, I we've taken Preston Dabo should be licking his chops. He loves it. He does not want the under route. He wants right. the deep ball. Um, if he does not like that, um, at least in the couple games I saw, he wants to take off and kind of do the, the run. Okay. His running stats are not impressive. He has not got – I don't know if they included the sacks, you know, included in those. Sure. He, he doesn't have that all impressive running stats. But to me, on tape, um, he looks fairly formidable as a running like running quarterback. Sure. He just hasn't really got much going with the defenses that have given him. I worry a little bit about us, you know, with them clearing out, doing these three, four receiver sets – and taking our linebackers and taking our D-backs and then taking off and running. Um, our D-line showed last week we can get to them, but it's going to be a very similar – last week I think their quarterback from West Liberty is more athletic. He liked to get out of the pocket. We're going to see something very similar this week. So what, what I think you saw last week that you probably won't see this week, the size of the line. The offensive line for Comanche is, is large. Right? Again, this goes back to Louisa Muscatine. Yeah. And Ben Shellsburg, which we uh, obviously we were sitting there worried about their line, and our D line did their job and held their own. And like I said, I just love our edges. 
um, you know, so much and, and, and Hermston and then, you know, Bodeker and then Peyton Crockett there once in a while. Like, we hold our edges well. I think if we continue to do that, stay lane disciplined, and don't allow this guy to, to, you know, to sit back, not find his first option, and then jump up the, up the middle and gain six or seven yards, um, then we'll be just fine. We've, we've proven we can handle oversized lines. I, I think we've done well enough with that. I think we're going to go in confident. I don't think the, uh, the um, pregame warm-ups are going to worry us as, as we look across the other side of the field. So, um, but you're right. I think what we're going to see is those, those dive plays. They're going to try to open. They're going to those three-yard cloud of dust stuff where they're going to try to open up that passing game, pull us into the box, and then see if they can hit a, hit a deep route. Yep. Um, Griffin, Preston, Jason, um, we are going to have to stay back and do our job and not get beat deep. Um, and I know the temptation to try to come up and, and run stop from those positions, um, but we're going to have to stay very disciplined on our D-backs uh, to make sure we cover these wide receivers because – so when he throws, when he does throw the ball, um, like I said, he, he like he he's, they throw a variety of different things from short to long. But he loves to look deep. When he misses, he misses long. Okay. And so I think he's not the most accurate quarterback, but he does throw a nice ball. Um, he he, if it, the first read is not there, he's going to escape. He's not going to sit back in the pocket and go through three or four progressions. Yeah. He's out of there, and he's still looking to throw, but he will take off and run as well. Um, his stats aren't, like I said, phenomenal rushing standpoint like Ian's are but uh, I worry about that so we'll, we'll see what happens with that um, they've got a receiver number four again this is a senior he's caught the most balls by far number 24 that's his main target he's got 331 yards three touchdowns and as I mentioned the running back Mark Sanders number 22 um, those are their main weapons on offense so those are the three people you're going to see the ball in hand and we, we kind of called it last week those are the three that we saw for West Liberty we've got to do a good job of figuring out where they're at on the field and know that's where they're looking, especially on third down. That is where they're trying to, to go with those players. They're not going to throw it to someone who, who maybe isn't used to catching the ball. They're going to go to the targets that they Yeah, they Yeah, you look at their receiving stats, yeah. The, their, their stud, that Josh Wersma, he has 24 targets. 24 Let's catches. be careful calling him a stud. Well, okay, they're, they're go-to. How's that? Uh, has 24 catches, and then the next best is, yeah, that, that back out of the backfield has 11 on the season. And then it drops down to... Jermaine Carter with eight. So, yeah, they like to look at those two guys. It looks like we like number four um, to go deep, and then when that's not there, we, we scramble and we probably dump off to Mark Sanders, um, the running back 22 out of the backfield. And outside of that, they're not trying to do a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, they, 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 they also run a formation where they have kind of a H-back or an up-back. They're in a pistol formation. The H-back's sitting right next to the quarterback, and then you have the, the running back behind and that's basically just their fullback that's that's leading up through there. Okay. Um, and an extra blocker, basically. So they, little little ISO play. Yep. They will run. I've, I saw three receivers trips to one side. I mean, they they have a lot of different formations. So our our uh, coach Bulger and uh, Coach Orangeby, they've got a lot to put in this week in terms of the formations we're going to see. They run quite a bit of motion, which obviously adds another dynamic um, when you're in man. Absolutely. You got to talk and communicate. So defensively, we're going to be put to the test, in my opinion. This will probably be very similar to last week in, in regards to the passing. They're going to attack us. They're going to put us in spots. They're going to move the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. We've got to get the turnovers. We've got to win that turnover battle. we got to protect the ball when we're on offense. And I think the big thing is we're going to have to have that bend but don't break mentality down on the goal line. And it's going to be tough because, as we've seen all year, 
we've got teams that are bigger than us. They've got, uh, I don't know if all these teams play. I do know that on defense, they have a nose tackle is 300 pounds, six foot, sure. 300 pounds. They run a three, four defense. So they've got well, three D linemen. I'm sure Mr. LROF is up for the, up for the <laughs> challenge. He's only given up 120, it's maybe fine. 140 pounds. So, hey, this, uh, position and skill, lower your pad level, it can beat size any day. Yeah, so they, they run they run their three down linemen, and those guys, I think, are just there to stop the run. These yeah. linebackers, in the couple games I've seen, they run such a weird, it's a weird 3-4. They okay. can almost run eight of, eight of the guys up in the box. Okay. So it's like they have these five linebackers almost. So um, they're basically saying if you're going to line up tight, we're going to line up in basically a goal line and make you throw the ball, which sets up well for us. We run more of a pro-style offense where we're going to have three receiver sets, so usually they'll walk a linebacker out there. I'll take an outside linebacker against a slot of ours. Any day oh, of the week. man, a- any day of the week. It's the one it, one of those games you hated losing Jacob Barton for because yeah. I feel like this is the type of game he would he would dominate in some underneath routes. Um, but, yeah, I, I, see, I see Coach Ormsby – Probably putting a lot of blitz packages in just to get get their get their offense off kilter just a little bit. Um, I, I, we've been we've been blitz heavy all year, so I, I see us probably continuing that on. But this offensive line is big, like you just mentioned. There's a 300 pounder and there's like a 292. I don't know if these guys start 292, 80. Yeah, I don't I don't know if all of them some, play. And then a couple 240ers. Um, so that's why I say you're going to feel a lot like. Ben Shelsberg and, and Wise Muscatine. They're not the best blocking unit as a whole. Right. Granted, they played some tough defenses, but there's definitely some ways to get that flush the quarterback pretty quickly because he, he was running for his life. So we can flush the quarterback and then have lane responsibility and discipline, especially on our edges. Um, this is a team that I think we can, we can really frustrate in the backfield so he can't get good throws off. Or he tries to force stuff, and guess what? We have Preston back there, and we have Griffin back there, we have Jason Johnson back there. We probably have Zach Benz back there a little bit. We have D-backs who are going to have takeaways, yeah. um, especially with poorly thrown footballs. Yeah, and back back a little bit to our offense. Um, a 3-4, it's really a 3-5 defense because they only have mm-hmm. three guys in the defensive backfield, a safety over top who's very shallow, and then there are two, two defensive backs. But they're... It's tough because offensive linemen, you're, you're used to you're used to the four man front. So when you only have three, you got this big nose who's just hammering the center, playing the playing the zero gap or the one gap, right. one technique. Those those folks are just trying to create havoc, and, 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 and it's different than what we're used to. And the problem with the, all these linebackers are, and I'm sure this is what they're going to do to us. They fire off blitzes from all over the place. Sure. So they might do two in a gap, or they, they just have line, a bunch of linebackers that are right up on line scrimmage, and our offensive line are going to have to communicate because if you think you've got this guy that you're blocking and then he goes out for the pass coverage and you got another guy coming on the other side, Absolutely. you've got to communicate who's got who and, yeah. and how you're going to block that. Our, so our offensive line going to have to get their head up yeah. you know, at snaps. So they see where stuff is. Um, if there's twists, you know, whether it be linebacker shooting, um, yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, and and I had an old coach, an old offensive line coach that used to talk about messing up at a hundred percent. And there's something about that in the in offensive line. You usually even see it in the NFL when they miss a block, they pout, and they're they're like, oh shoot, it's like I didn't do my job. And man, if you miss it, go fix it. Like mess up at a hundred percent. So. It's not every time you're going to catch that twist. It's not every time you're going to catch that shooting backer or whichever. 
then go find someone, you know, knock their head off. Yeah. Like, that's when you do stuff like that, when you make that extra effort on those plays, even when they don't go right for you, that's where we tend to break stuff because I trust Ian to get away from one. I trust Ian to get away from two. And if he does that, okay, you missed your block, and he does that, make sure you have the next guy so that Ian can, since he got away, make, let him get five, six yards now. So, uh, again, I have full faith for our, in our offensive line, um, you know, the leadership of, of, of Cole Kine and Ellerhoff and, and Peyton Crock, and that group, like, they have just played really phenomenal football. Job, yeah. So, yeah, this will be a big game, a big test for us. Um, a lot of unknowns here, kind of going back on the road. I'm excited to see it. I mean, the parity in, in our district this year, you know, I would say Monticello is probably your your favorite if you were to, to pick one. Sure. Um, just from winning it last year, and, and yeah. they've got returned a lot of their, their best players. But after that, this, this district's wide open for the taking. And you get down, we play Monticello the last week of the year. Anything can happen at that point. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I see these teams kind of all knocking each other off. I, I don't know if two wins is going to get you in the playoffs just because I think some teams, we don't have that bottom feeder that, you know, we know for a fact is going to be down there. So we're going to have to win these games. These are huge for tiebreakers. They're enormous. Absolutely. Um, if you tie at the end of the year, you lose to Comanche, and you tie with them, they go and we don't, depending, on, depending on where you're positioning for four. Yeah. So this is a big game. All these games are big. But it's just, it's a really neat game for us to to really cement that 5-0 start. You know, we're, we're pretty much guaranteed that 500 record right now, which yep. is not what we're shooting for. No. But it's it's a it's definitely a, a it, nice turnaround um, from what we in were in mid September. It feels good. It feels <laughs> awesome to know that we have that. But I to agree. be five and zero for the first time since 2007, um, that cements your your legacy. And I think I think these guys know that and they, they want that, and I hope they, they feel that because this is a yeah. winnable, this is a winnable game. It's going to take a lot of a lot of things to go our way, but I, I do see this being a game that we can we can win. We can win this football game. Yeah, it's I, a one three Comanche team. They are beatable. We'll yeah. beat this team. Yeah. Um, but we cannot take them for granted because it's probably up besides West Liberty, this is by far our toughest game of the year. So Absolutely. Far, so looking forward to it. So the seven o'clock in Comanche. Um, get there early. Stop by DeWitt, stop by Comanche, get a oh, bite to eat and uh, get there for a great uh, Friday night before the weather starts turning on. I've noticed the leaves are already starting. The leaves turn. are turning, it's getting so chilly you have a nice out. Beautiful ride. Like the, the weather's gonna turn, so get out there while you can. All right, so football's not the only action out there for Tipton Athletics that is having success. Um, we've got some success all around here um, for our fall sports here. Um, I know cross country, um, we're right in the heart of the season, right in the midpoint. Um, had, yep. a, had a meet at Monticello most recently um, on Tuesday, or excuse me, Monday, we had a meet at Solon. There were some big schools there, Marion, <laughs> um, Solon, Mount Vernon. Solon's always uh, a tough meet. And so both teams, boys and girls, I thought had prior best meets of the year. Um, the boys got third overall, um, beat a really good Williamsburg who was ranked 10th. We were ranked like 19th. And somehow we didn't jump them this week. I don't know how that even was possible, but we beat Williamsburg, which is a big deal for us. Um, for the, on the boys' side. On the girls' side, we got third as well. All had some really good times. Um, we got Mount Vernon finished first, which Mount Vernon somehow grabs Lisbon, so they add them in there <laughs> on top of their already right. large school. Yeah, how was that possible? So Lisbon's in <laughs> at Mount Vernon, so they got first. They beat Solon. Solon's got a really good team in, in 3A. Both those teams are up at the top, in the top 10 in 3As, um, so to be competing with them is pretty special. And the girls beat Marion, which is in the top 10 3A, which is really That's good. Huge. 
So that's huge. I, I love run. hearing that. Um, they play, they run this weekend on Saturday at Anamosa. So if you got nothing to do, um, the Hawkeyes play at nighttime, so you got plenty of time exactly. to get back. It's a great course and good food up there. There's a there's a lobster pen uh, park up there. You can spend the day. And come our, up and our junior high is going to run. Our JV is going to yep, run. Our varsity is going to run. So yep. it'll be a they great go quick, but it's it's fun to watch. It's if you haven't been one, fun come on up there on Saturday and support those guys. Um, so that was that's cross country. Excellent. So I did want to highlight swimming a little bit. Uh, looks like uh, we swam at Lamar against Lamar and Benton um, on September 14th. Uh, looked like Megan Vandergast, uh, one of our one of the better meets. She took on two wins in individual events, um, the 200 freestyle and the 100 yard freestyle as well. Um, the, I see Gwen Vanskoy and Bella Tudor um, placed third um, in the 100 meter backstroke, 100 yard backstroke, and it looks like Emily Meyer also had a really nice meet. Um, the top three finish in the 100 yard breaststroke. Awesome. So, Congrats, yeah, swimmers doing well. So moving on to our volleyball team, we are hot. This we are we're we're on a three-game win streak right now, or three-match win streak. Uh, beat Calmus Wheatland last Tuesday. On Thursday, we took 3-0 sets um, against Durant, and then the big upset. Um, I don't know. I think Regina was 12. They're 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 ranked in state. Sure. For yep. for 2A, obviously we're 3A, but um, they were ranked in state. They have a really solid program there. Um, Lauren Hansen runs that. She from, used to live mm-hmm. here in Tipton. She's a good good coach. They've got a couple of really talented players that that they had one one hitter Maybe, in the front yeah. row. Wow, she was good. <laughs> yeah, she was good. But what exciting! We got down one nothing to start the, the volleyball match and won the next three. Went to a fourth set and and, and won that thing. So that was our third set and we, we won that. So tons of fun. Um, Awesome, awesome to see. I thought our girls played phenomenal. The, the crowd was into it. The student yeah. section was wild. Uh, so that first, student section was great. Yeah, yeah. That was my first first uh, volleyball match of the year just because I've been busy with other stuff. So it was right. fun to get in there and see them. Um, they did a great job and looking forward to them. They've got a – actually tonight I think they play West Branch. So Yep, um, yep, and the West Branch. And uh, that's, oh, again, it's another one of them rivalry grudge matches. No one wants to lose to West Branch. Yep. I see they added a North Cedar match as well, so um, they'll be playing them, I think, next week sometime, and yep. then a uh, big tournament this weekend on Saturday, so um, yes. get out and support your, the tournament, I can't remember, I think it is in North Cedar now, I say that. So. I, I think you're right, yeah, yeah. it's a North Cedar so tournament. That's a yep. short, hey, you can go hit the, <laughs> hit the cost country in the morning, and then uh, hit the North Cedar. And you can still make the whiteout Iowa Hawkeye game at night. I do it all. Mm, yep. Perfect. So, it's great awesome. Saturday. Very good. All right, Clint, let's talk. Let's finish this thing up and talk about what we learned. Um, as I told you earlier in the podcast, I was down in Columbia, Missouri for the first time. Never been down there. Um, Be- the beautiful campus. Home of the Missouri Tigers, which they're now SEC country. Right. Um, it, was, it was an interesting game. Um, down there to see my nephew. So I'm decked out in Kansas State attire. Um, right. So I, I think they thought I was going to, like, give them a bunch of crap. So they were trying to give me crap. I didn't really care. I just wanted my nephew to play good. I'm a Hawkeye fan. <laughs> Which so. he did, by the way. Yeah. I watched that game. Brandon it was, a, it game. was a fun game. Um, it ended really weird. If you haven't had a chance, get on YouTube, whatever you got to do to rewatch it. The end of the game was just wild. I'm not going to get into it because I don't have time here. But they basically, Missouri kicked a 61-yard field goal. The longest in school history is a walk-off. Longest in SEC history, believe it or not, which is a crazy stat. And they walked off 
and basically everyone rushed the field, including my son and I rushed the field just because we could. Just so we went down there, yeah, in our camp stayed here. Um, but what I learned outside of they are black and gold and tigers, so there was a lot of it looked like I was going to a Tipton home game, which sure. is kind of cool. But I did not like Missouri after the way they treated me in my Kansas State attire. <laughs> But what I did learn is I drove by a house, and it was a haunted house on campus, and it was called the Conley House. Oh. So look it up. It's called oh. the Conley House. It's a, it's a, that name uh, sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly. So I thought to myself, where have I heard the name Conley from in Missouri? And it rang a bell because the Frank Kenny Holbert story yes. coming from Tipton over to Iowa. Yep. And I'm not going to get too deep into it, but... I did some diving into old Hal Conley, and what he actually grew up in that house. It's a haunted house. And next week, I'm going to give you a cliffhanger because there's a very interesting story with Hal Conley and some of his antics that he did in the Iowa game that caused this rift where we don't play Missouri anymore. They're only three and a half hours away from us, and we do not play them anymore. We, we are anti-Missouri in Iowa. Hal Conley is one of the reasons why. So. <laughs> I will I, leave that cliffhanger for I next cannot week. wait. <laughs> so I did learn some stuff on that rivalry, and I learned a lot about Hal Conley from reading up on it after driving by there. So I cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. I, I'm excited. Um, I learned you noticed that Iowa State lost to Ohio this Ooh. last week, 10-7. And I learned that uh, – that, uh, what's Iowa State's coach name? Cam- Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell is a little bit of a fighter. So there's video of him walking off the field, and someone says, you're on the it's hot his, seat. one of his own fans, right? Yeah, it's an Iowa State fan. Said, you're on the hot seat. And Matt, like, charged him. Had to be held back by his players and, <laughs> and one of the cops. And so I, I learned that, uh, that Matt maybe does hear the chirps from the crowd. <laughs> Where was he a coach at before? Because he it was wasn't like, Ohio. It was Toledo. Toledo. Or something? Toledo. Toledo. It was Toledo. Yeah. So he's... <laughs> He's from that. I mean, that's he's from Ohio. Um, that was a, that was a bad loss for Matt Campbell. It was, but Ohio's a good. That's they a good are. Mac school. That's probably a team that's going to be an upper echelon of the Mac team. I, how are they playing on the road? I Mac have no school? idea. How are they that's, getting that? That's what surprised me the most. A guy that I'm not good a fan boy. of, Jamie Pollard. Boo to you. You're my right. guy. That why would you? Why would you schedule would you that? Ever schedule that? I don't know. We probably had to go there and pay a month. Yeah, pay pay Ohio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess so. I learned that. Don't schedule MAC teams on away games. Ever. Um, so I feel like Iowa State has lost at Northern Illinois a couple times before too. Yeah. Like, quit going there. Yeah. So schedule, yeah. Schedule Utah State and Western Michigan. Exactly. Now they know. Now they know. Awesome. <laughs> well, we got one more, one more uh, little final thing. We got to talk about our picks. Picks. Uh, tell um, me about last week. Real so quick. last week, once again, we tied. What is going on? Ten and six. We both went ten and six last that's week. That's not good. I, we, I'm going to do better. That's, we are now forty four and twenty. We are both forty four and twenty. That's on good. The year, which is weird in the fact, like we aren't doing a lot of the same picks. No. It's just we're we're missing on both ends. Well, so. and I've I've got. It seems like we're getting a lot of Starmonts and Northlands and East. Like what? We need to get some local games I here. Agree. So that's my little petition to the Tipton paper. <laughs> These oh. games, Let's get some games that we actually are familiar with. So, I, I like that. I but, like uh, that. Let's start us off. Right off the bat, we've got Comanche and Tipton. Uh, I mean, if this was a, a betting line, what, what line would you have on this thing? At Comanche, both, at teams, Comanche both teams are 1-0 and in district. So they get three and a half points for being at home, right? Isn't that the standard? 
So I'm gonna. I, I've got. I've got Tipton by seven. Tipton by seven. I. I think for me, based off of watching tape, I think this is a Tipton by three and a half, four points. Perfect. I think we would be, definitely be the favorite, but it's gonna be another tight one. I said the same thing about West Liberty. That game could have went a lot of different ways. Fortunately, it went the way we wanted it and ended up with a 10-point victory. So I, I see a very similar game here going both ways. But I am, I'm going to take the Gomer pick. I'm going with Tipton. Uh, West Liberty at Wait, Anamosa. who did you pick? Oh, I picked Tipton. Okay. Right. Tipton with a seven-point win. Oh, even – are you I, adding that in there? I am not. not I, have a, I have it written down. Okay. I just right. want to see how, who wins right. this. Uh, West Liberty at Anamosa. I guess I'm going to have to go West Liberty, having watched them live last week. For one, I think they're mad, and I think they got the, I think they got some really good athletes on the field. Uh, I think they can take Anamosa. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually going to go with uh, Anamosa on this one. Um, I think just from looking at it record-wise, I, I don't know anything about it. I haven't watched them, but they are two and two, um, so I'm going to go with Anamosa. All right, Packers Saints. Man, we're already we're, getting we're, we're NFL right now. Um, Packers came off a tough loss. Saints came off a big win. I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going to go with the Saints. I like how we're going opposite here. My next one is the lock of the week. Oh, God. Uh, Chiefs against the Bears. Jesus. I can't get giving away picks and picking the Bears. I think you should go with the Bears. I know, I know I mean, what you think I should do. But God. They need this game. This is uh, getting back on the Schneid. No, you, don't, you can't start getting your own three. No. I mean, Justin Fields figures it out. Patrick Mahomes has an off day. Bears. Yeah, that will happen. Bears are taking it. Uh, yeah, my lock of the week, the Chiefs um, <laughs> at home. Will, is it home or in Chicago? It's in Chicago. Oh, that would be nice for them to see that. So Home fans watch the beat down. <laughs> they won't be upset at all. At least they get to watch some good football. Bear down, Chicago Bears. <laughs> um, North Cedar at Starmont. I will. I will go first here. I'll go Starmont. Okay, I was gonna have to go Starmont as well. I mean, I need to start doing some scouting on Postville and Bellevue because we get them every week. They're and here they're playing week. each other. Bellevue against Postville. What do you got? I got Postville in this. Um, <laughs> give me Bellevue. All right. For well, the sake of you've got family up there. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Perfect. Um, East Buck at North Lynn. East Buchanan got beat down last week. They do have an Iowa recruit up there, some guy, some offensive lineman named Fox, but they got beat down. I will go with North Lynn. I've gone North Lynn all year, and they haven't disappointed me, so I'm sticking with North Lynn too. The next game, none of our viewers will be watching this. Night game, it's a whiteout. Hawks are down two of their running backs, not to come up with excuses. Rain is in the forecast. Rain is in the forecast. Last time it rained up there was a Adrian, punt. Adrian Claiborne, right. block punt in the end zone, yes. So what do you got? I've got I've got Iowa. I've got to take Iowa on this. Well, I am betting with my head and not my heart. This one is an easy one. Penn State will beat down the Iowa Hawkeyes. Put me on record on that. Ouch, that hurts. They have so much talent across the board. Their quarterback is good. They have two running backs. Uh, their defense is probably the best in the country, in my opinion. I'm going Penn State all day. I even wrote beatdown. Yes, so, it will be a beatdown. All right. So, Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. So, I heard a little rumor last night that the whole entire, or at least 80% of the team on Oklahoma State is going to transfer after this game. What? Due to them not having NIL. Oh. 
So they're trying to like force their hand. So there might be some news coming out after this game. I've got to think that Iowa State is pretty fired up after that loss. I'm going Iowa State. I'm going to go Oklahoma State because watching highlights from that Iowa State-Ohio game was just sad. All right, next game, Luther against Central College. I already told you I'm going Central College all day, so Central College. I'm actually going to go Central as well. Same on this one. Is Luther good at football? They never are, are they? I don't think so. They have a cool football stadium. It's a beautiful area. Gorgeous. Yeah, so uh, Utah at UCLA. Yeah, this one's easy for me. The Utah quarterback supposedly is coming back this week. I like Utah better. UCLA is pretty good. Future Big Ten team. I'm going to go Utah, though. I actually like UCLA in this one. Good. Uh, The home team. Uh, Washington State versus Oregon State. The yeah. only two Pac-12 members right now, right? That's true. That <laughs> this is. is the battle. They might win a trophy They're on this alone. Um, I'm going to go uh, Washington State on this. I will also go Washington State. Next game, Alabama Old Miss. I don't know much about Old Miss, but I do know enough about Alabama to know that that's who I'm going with. I, hard to bet against Alabama at this point in the year. So probably the most watched game of the week will be this Oregon-Colorado game. Um, you know, <laughs> Colorado's taken the world by storm with Deion Sanders. I told you that early in the year. They've got athletes um, galore. I, they pulled out a squeaker. I don't know if you stayed up for that game I, against Colorado I State. I stayed up for the regular, the regulation. I fell asleep yeah. for overtime. So well, you missed it. it was I know. Um, <laughs> Oregon lost, or excuse me, Colorado lost one of their best players, Travis Hunter. Injury. Lacerated spleen. Yeah. I think he was a difference maker. He played both ways. Um, Oregon's just a better team. I think it'll be a, a great – I think it'll be a high-scoring game, put it that way, but I think Oregon will win this game. I've got Oregon as well uh, written down. All right, our last two games, Notre Dame against Ohio State. I'm going to go OSU on this. I am also going OSU. I think they're prepared and ready to go. I do like Sam Hartman from Notre Dame, but I just don't think they're – I still feel like there's an overrating it. Yeah, Notre Dame. They definitely Ohio State, it's hard at home. Yep. Vikings, Chargers. This one has to be the Chargers. Go Nick Neiman. He actually oh. might get the start. He got the start last week for an injured uh, linebacker. I hope he gets the start against the Vikings and beat him down. So go Nick Neiman, number 31. I've hated the Vikings since I was about two years old, so I'm going to go Chargers as well. Sweet. Very good. 